everybody to another episode of Bad Shit Crazy. Um, we know it's been a few weeks. Um, as we've mentioned, Spencer and I are both very busy college students and, um, you know, life happens. You can't always record an episode, but we are back and ready to discuss the finale of the season. I am here, Kenley Merritt, with my co-host, Spencer Pierce. Just in case you didn't know who was who by now. Yeah. Um, anything you'd like to say, you know, prior to getting into this episode or? Well, this episode is also the finale. So it's a pretty big, uh, we got, we got a lot of coverage. Um, we'll, we'll touch on the episode from last week, but, uh, there's not really much to unpack there. And then the week before when we, when I promised, uh, everyone an episode that would be in person, uh, it was the woman tell all, and there just really wasn't enough to to dive into. So uh, we skipped that. Um, last week we were just a little bit busy, as Kenley said, but now we're wrapping up uh, season one of of Bad Shit Crazy. Who would have thought? Who would have thought that in 2021 we'd be wrapping up our first season of our podcast together? It's very exciting. Um, But yeah, so as Spencer mentioned, you know, we had the women tell all. Honestly, like, we don't have to talk about it that much, but I was not really impressed by the women tell all. I, it wasn't very entertaining to me. Um, There have been better ones in the past. And then last week we had Fantasy Suites, which is obviously a huge week. At that point, our final three, we had Brie, Rachel, and Michelle. Um, They each had a great fantasy suite with Matt. Um... It was Michelle had her the first date of the week, then then Bree, then Rachel, um, and kind of the conflict of that week was Rachel struggling with, you know, um, him being with other women and kind of the classic tale that we see every season. Um, Which and- at this point I don't really like. I I get the jealousy factor of it, but it's kind of what you're signing up for, and and I'm not really sure I understand that it happens every single time. I, I get that as your feelings grow for someone, maybe your jealousy grows because it's not a normal like relationship situation because it is after all reality television. But I don't know. It just, it seems to be a main plot point every single year. And it's kind of like, well, isn't this kind of the point of the show where you kind of get to the end of this and, and here we are and your, the, your boyfriend or girlfriend is now dating three or four other people. So I get it. It just, uh, I don't know how much more airtime I can take of the same story. I I hear you on that one. I, I think this is definitely an interesting topic of conversation just because I'm not really sure that I agree with the argument of like, well, this is what you signed up for. I do think there is truth in that. You know, obviously, like, people know what The Bachelor is all about and you you do sign up to be dating the same, you know, person as many others. Um, but I do think that, you know, oftentimes you can think to yourself, okay, I, I, this is going to be fine. Like, I can do this, like, whatever. But then when you're put into the real situation and you you've have these, like, intense feelings in such a quick amount of time and you're in this high-stress environment, I try to have a little bit more empathy for these people, like, just in regard to how they're feeling. And I, you know, I, I get the argument that like, 
you know, you you should have some knowledge of this. I don't think that they're ever shocked by the fact they're not like, oh my God, like, I can't believe he's going on an overnight date with other people. But it's like, oh, like, so I understand in that regard. But in regards to like how they're feeling and having struggles with that, I don't really agree with the argument of like, that's what you sign up for. I think that, you know, you don't really know until you're there and you don't really know until you have those feelings about what you're going to feel. So I don't really think that, you know, those, I, I do agree that it's definitely a main plot point every single season. Um, but, but yeah, I think it was definitely interesting to see Rachel kind of go through those struggles last week and, you know, hopefully, you know, we'll see that, that like main plot point kind of dissipate throughout the next, you know, few years. But yeah, I agree. It's definitely reoccurring and a little old at this point. But, you know, all in all, that, those are the fantasy suites. That was kind of the main conflict of this, of the episode. Um, and, you know, they, I believe, yeah, we talked about hometowns. I was going to say, like, they yeah, met the family beforehand. And then at this point now, um, we had our final rose ceremony for the fantasy suites. And very sadly, we saw a fan favorite go home, which was Brie. Very, yeah. very sad um, goodbye. Um, at least for me, it was a sad goodbye. I'm not really sure how Matt felt about it because pretty much all he said was just like, sorry, dog. Like, well, I don't... We also, well, we also said that if Serena P didn't leave, then Brie would have been gone anyway. So I don't really know if anyone was too shocked at it. Yeah. Um, but she took I it really well. I thought that Michelle was going to go home, honestly. But obviously, then I, in hindsight, I did remember the whole Serena P thing about like how he literally begged for her to stay there. Yeah. And like that just goes to show that he probably would have wanted Serena P. Right. So down to two. Coming into this week, the finale. Um, interesting that we didn't get our our two night finale as we usually do. It it uh, it all happened in one night. Um, and then after the final rose made it a, a three hour uh, finale, um, but but two of it was actually the content of the season. Uh, so let's just jump into the beginning of the episode. Um, we see Matt's mom for the first time since the beginning, the first episode, uh, where she kind of counseled him and said, you know, just keep your keep your mind open, you know, do what you have to do, stuff like that. Uh, so Matt's mom comes and his brother comes. And they have a really difficult talk because we forgot to mention that last week, uh, Matt's, Matt's father came and they had a really important and really moving conversation uh, where Matt wanted to clear up kind of his younger years and, and just what, what his dad, you know, went through or, and what he was thinking uh, so that Matt didn't make those same mistakes uh, as both a, a partner and a man himself. So uh, we, we can touch on that a little bit more, but I kind of wanted to talk about um, something that we both noticed and something that a lot of people, frankly, noticed that there was one specific comment that Matt's mom made that kind of stuck with him and, in my opinion, changed the course of the entire season. And, uh, yeah, the, it, I don't know. Um, I'll just, I'll just get into the comment real quick. So, so Matt's mom essentially said something along the lines of love comes and goes, you need to figure out, you know, 
if you really love them or if you're kind of in love with the feeling of loving them, because as we know up until this point, uh, Matt's father was not uh, around for his childhood very much. Um, he wasn't faithful, faithful to, to his mother. So that's that's been a, a really big plot point um, up until now. So this comment kind of kind of gets into Matt's head and, and it just manifests itself through the rest of the episode and, and clearly the end of the season. Um, I don't know what your thoughts are on it, but, but like I said, I think that this, you know, these, this one sentence that Matt's mom said really altered the, the course of the entire season. Yeah, I agree. I think, you know, big takeaway from the conversation with his father was regarding like commitment. And, you know, you mentioned like father wasn't faithful to Matt's mom and that caused a lot of problems and he wasn't really present. And I think that, yes, it, you know, kind of Matt wanted to know if he was ready to make this commitment. You know, I think so. It's so like in that conversation with the father, I think that Matt, he said, you know, I want to be a dad. I want to be a partner. I want to be a husband, you know, and and he said, I don't want to make the same mistakes you did. So it was almost like what was going through your head, like when you were doing those things, because I don't want to start feeling like that and acting on those things, whatever. Um, so I think that kind of seed was planted in that episode. And I agree. I think the conversation with Matt's mom, um, you know, well, just to kind of give a little context at this point, I believe Matt, um, Matt's mom and John, Matt's brother, had met both the women at this point, I believe. Um, and then Matt was kind of having like a, a finishing conversation with just his family. And and then Matt's mom, you know, talked about the fact that like love comes and goes and feelings can fade. And as, you know, kind of negative as that is, it's honestly a fair argument, you know, when things get tough, when things are difficult in a relationship, like it's you know, it, it can happen. And, you know, when, when then when you have your own separate lives, like it's important to kind of remind yourself that you both love each other and you're in this together. And, you know, kind of, I don't remember when she said it, but at one point, Michelle did say like, how, how do you plan on staying in love? I think it was after their date where they like were in the milk bath or whatever it was. And I think that is huge. You know, I think that that's, yeah that's kind of what the mom was like alluding to. It's like, love comes and goes. Like, how are you gonna stay in love? Is this somebody that you wanna be with for the rest of your life? Like all this stuff. And I agree, I think that it really weighed on that. I'm kind of already, already having those reservations regarding a commitment. And so, mm -hmm. you know, we all know that this show is supposed to end in an engagement. And um, that's a huge commitment. And, you know, a lot of times we see couples get engaged and it's kind of like, yeah, we're just going to have a long engagement. You know, it's kind of like, yeah, I have a ring on my finger, but we're pretty much just dating. Um, but I think Matt was kind of like, whoa, an engagement is a huge commitment. And I don't think he wants to do that more than once. I don't think that, you know, I don't think he was ready for that commitment. Um, and I don't think that speaks to, you know, his feelings on either of these women. I think that he truly had strong feelings for both of them. And I, I don't, I just think that that's a really, really big commitment. And I think that he had reservations about that. And his mom's comment definitely got into his head. And then so, yeah, he was, yeah, he seemed, I mean, he even said himself, he was like, this is not where I pictured myself to be at this point in the game. Like, he was like, I thought I was going to be ready for all this. And that's kind of similarly to what I just said, like, you don't really know until you get in that 
space and in that like experience he was like yeah i'm ready for engagement like i'm excited to be engaged and then you get in this situation this crazy like dramatic like you know a romantic stressful tv lights everywhere it's a very 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 strenuous environment and so i don't think that there's anything wrong with having a change of heart um and i you know I kind of wrote this down and we'll talk a little bit about it later, but I actually appreciate that perspective a lot. I think that there is something to be said about a bachelor, you know, changing the course of the show, you know, making decisions for himself, because we have this understanding, like, it ends in an engagement, like, period. And that kind of leads us into our next point with this conversation he then has with Chris Harrison about, um, you know, he kind of confides in Chris and says, you know, I'm not really sure, like where I'm at. Like, I'm not really sure if I, if I can get engaged at the end of this. And Chris asks him very bluntly, you know, so you don't want to get engaged at the end of this. And Matt kind of doesn't really explicitly answer the question, but alludes to the fact that he's struggling. And um, <laughs> this is kind of a side note, but um, obviously after everything that's been happening in Bachelor Nation, we have a different perspective on Chris Harrison. I see him in a very different light now. Um, I'm hoping that he's taking those steps to better educate himself and you know do what he needs to do to um, be more aware of his actions, his words, microaggressions, racial discrimination, all of these things. I'm hoping that he's taking this time aside to to do those things and not you know just make a statement and call it a day. Um, but as I mentioned, it, I definitely do see Chris Harrison in a different light now. Um, and I actually really didn't appreciate the way that Chris, um, when Matt talked about the comment made by his mother um, about, you know, love comes and goes, whatever, Chris almost kind of ridiculed it and like was like, that's a nice Hallmark card, like whatever. Yeah, like, yeah kind I, feel, of... I felt the same because there was one line that stuck with me and it was like, well, what a, no, it was, um, well, what a greeting card that is or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, something and like it was, that. It kind of just... just was like, oh, well, I need to be doing my job and make sure this show goes as planned and you need to get engaged. So uh, you shouldn't listen to your mom. Yeah, and I didn't, yeah, and I didn't think that that was really an appropriate co like comment to make. And I just thought mm. that that was honestly just like kind of disrespectful to Matt's mother, um, Matt and how he was feeling because he came to Chris to confide in him. And Chris was almost like, well, that's nice. Like, that's nice of her to say, you know, it was it was definitely strange. Um, so I'm not really sure. I didn't have a strong gauge on how this conversation went. I just kind of felt like it happened. Um, but the point of, you know, in, in regard to being a viewer, it at this point with the conversation with Chris, with the family, it has been made clear that Matt is struggling with whether or not he can get engaged at all at the end of this. Um, so that 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 that's what was made clear to me as a viewer. But I mean, if you have any thoughts on the conversation with Chris as well, or even just the conversation with Matt's mom, no, yeah, I feel I feel, the, I feel the same as you. Um, it it was uh, I think it was aired for like five or ten minutes, um, and like Kenley said already, it it was kind of hard to get like a a grip on it. Um, so in that. Uh, let's move on a little bit just because the, the back half of our show is probably going to get a little packed and long. So, um, so let's move on to Matt kind of shakes everything off. Um, and Michelle gets the first date. Uh, 
Michelle gets to meet Matt's mom and brother and almost instantly when Michelle sits down, Matt's mom starts crying. Um, well, this was, this was also before the Chris Harrison combo. Are you Just sure? Just for reference. Yes. Yes. She met, they met both of the, the women before because they met both the women. That's how the episode started. Then they had the conversation with, with um, Matt's, mom whatever then he goes to chris and then he wipes it off and um and goes to the date with with michelle okay i promise you that's so how i was it. wrong no it's uh fine. so but all in all though like comment you know just a comment about like the we can talk about the the conversation with the mom you know I just mean, regardless it doesn't really matter has doesn't have to be in order but okay well uh basically they talked Matt's mom starts crying because I think she kind of had that feeling of, oh man, like this is all kind of happening. This is realistic. Um, I was watching this on Tuesday um, after the fact and I texted Kenley, this is going so well. This means that Rachel wins because it just kind of seems like there's such a a common theme of your parents like someone and it just goes down the drain. I mean, uh, Peter's parents loved Madison. No, they didn't. What? They hated Madison. They did? They liked Hannah All right, Ann. all right, they hated all right, Madison. all right. Hannah B's parents loved Tyler C. Didn't work out, clearly. Mm-hmm. Um, Who else? You know, he has a best-selling, he has a best-selling book coming out, so. Mm-hmm, okay. Okay, all right, so you're just <laughs> making fun of, you're just making fun of my point now, so I guess I'll just move on. Um, so anyway, Michelle, the whole thing happens. Blah, blah, blah. Let's skip to Michelle's date. Um, they do a fun, like, I don't know. I wrote zip lining, but it wasn't it was zip lining. Repelling. Huh? They were repelling down a building. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then they tried to make a whole, like, oh, it's kind of like when you're in love and you have to make these jumps down the side. I don't know. They always try to do that stuff. So uh, they repel down the side of a building. They go, um, I don't know. You said milk bath. That was last week, honey bunny. You said, uh, you said, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just confused. <laughs> the order of things in my head um, is a little confused right now. So blah, blah, blah. Okay. okay. So where do you want to move next? So let's, okay, so let's pause there and then go to Rachel's time with the mom. Okay. Let's do that. Okay. So then, so yes. So then quick pause. We talked about Michelle's date. Now we're going to rewind a little bit, talk about Rachel's time with the mom Um and basically, um, you know, there is that, again, immediate, I mean, the family liked both women a lot. I think that, um, you know, I think that that was made apparent. The mom really liked Rachel. They shared a cry as well together, you know, because Rachel opened up about the fact that Matt opened the season with a prayer and that really resonated with her. And then the mom started crying and they had like a God bond and all this stuff. Yeah. And it was very emotional, whatever. Um, but yeah, the mom liked Rachel as well. And that's, you know, that was made clear. Yes. Also, I just looked it up and I, it's now coming back to me that, that Peter's mom literally hated Madison. Literally um, hated her. Yeah, literally my bad. Okay. All right. My fault. Like made fun of her on national live. Yes, yes, yes. I know. It's been a while. Okay. Um, okay. So, um, why don't we now jump back to, oh, okay. Wait, 
one thing before we end this conversation about the mom. Yes. I think everybody noticed how strange it was when Matt was like stroking oh, his mom's yeah. thigh and like touching her shoulder. It's one thing to be affectionate, right? And I don't think Matt's creepy. I don't think whatever. I just think he's like a mama's boy, like to the max and like has a very strong affinity towards his mother. And, you know, not for nothing. I mean, she basically raised them as, as you know, a single mom and like that she was like their everything and whatever. And he seems to be very affectionate towards his mom. But um, I personally felt extremely uncomfortable when Matt and the mom were having a personal conversation, just the two of them as the girls were gone. And Matt was stroking his mother's thigh. All right. Well, all right. It was just not. <laughs> when you it put it like that out of pleasant. context well, with no video. Well, it no, but, no, they were having like a heartfelt conversation. I did. No, put I it know. I know. Like they were having a heartfelt conversation. And, you know, again, there's nothing wrong with affection. Right. But I think that there was a, a line that was crossed a little bit that yeah. where it felt uncomfortable. I'm not going to lie. I didn't even notice it. And then I went on Instagram after the episode and I was looking and I was like, oh, oh, man, what did I miss? Someone was like, she should have gotten the final rose. Viewer discussion advised. Oh, so. Yeah, but that was just something I wanted to mention quickly before we end that conversation about the mom. But all in all, things went well for both women in regard to me and the family. There wasn't any kind of like hate towards either. You know, like Spencer said, a lot of times it's like one person, the family likes one person, they don't, or at least that's how it's presented to viewers. Um, but okay, so that's that on that. Let's go back. We just talked about Michelle's date as well. Let's talk about Rachel's. Oh. No. She Let's go back have, to Michelle's date. Let's yeah. go back to Michelle's date. Okay. Okay. So Michelle and Matt are talking, right? Michelle is talking about how... Wait, is this, is this on the track or is this on in her hotel? In the hotel. Okay. Is that okay? Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. I just okay. wanted to make sure. So they're talking. Michelle's saying, we're going to be great teammates. We're going to do amazing things. So cute. So cute. So sweet. So genuine. She goes, I have a little surprise. She pulls out a basketball jersey that says, I think it said, was it Mr. James or something? Yeah. So Mr. James and then the, the team name on the front was like Warriors of the World or something, something like similar to that. And then she said, I have another surprise. And she pulled one out for herself. And it was the same jersey, but it said Mrs. James or Mrs. Young or something, something like that. It said Mrs. And it was James so cute. It. And then we pan to Matt, and he just looks dead inside. He and they and then he also has a com, uh, confessional where he's like, yep. "I can't." At the, it was a, it was over the it was over the B roll of him looking at the jersey with like a straight face. Literally, and he yeah he just was like, "I can't like." It's like I feel so bad. Like lead right her now. on, like something right. along those lines, and it, and we've seen the clips of Michelle crying in the hotel room, Matt leaving the hotel, crying outside with Chris. Those have been. It fucking was all crazy. coming together though, because it was, it was all like, coming together when he it was, was like, looking. wait, we haven't seen this clip of Michelle crying by herself yet. We haven't seen this clip of Matt going into the the. Uh, uh, what am I saying? The hotel and like going down the elevator and sitting outside with Chris where he's like, nah, I'm not okay. So it all was coming together and yeah, it all comes together when he looks her dead in the eyes and goes, I can't get there with you. 
a classic, a classic line, or like my heart's pulling in me in other directions, mm -hmm. like a classic. And then he, yeah, so just leaves, just, just leaves. And, and up it was him. like this crazy conversation. And I even felt and we'll get into a little bit of when we talk about the after the final rose of some stuff we found out. But yes. like, I felt like it was quick. It was very quick. Oh, it was so it was quick. Like I a, blinked and it was over. Literally, and he just like left, and then Michelle was alone in the room. It was crazy, like what had happened. There was like no closure, no conversation about anything. And then, and then we didn't see anything about Michelle. That was it. We said we basically said goodbye to her in the clip of yeah. Her I don't even know if she against... got a confessional. No, she didn't. Fucking crazy. She like... she she. So so Matt up up in the this list, basically. this is bad shit crazy. Okay. Matt up and leaves, and then that's the last we see of Michelle until the, after the final rose. There was no mention of her. There was no anything of her, really. Well, when he well, talked yeah, to yeah, Chris. Yeah, right, yeah, right, right. Well, yeah, so, so anyway, to continue, Chris then, you know, we see that clip that's literally been teased all season. I can't, I don't know if I can keep going. Matt, are you uh, okay? <laughs> no, I'm not. Chris, <laughs> I'm not, literally. Um, but at this point, either in a confessional or with the conversation with Chris, Matt said, like, I love her, but I'm not in love with her. Right. Which right, was right. definitely eye-opening. And I don't know. I think all of us were sitting there being like, you made a huge mistake. Like, him and Michelle would have had such a, like, obviously, yeah, I don't yeah. know their relationship. I don't know them as people. But, like, on paper, like, those two are, like, perfect for each other. Like, yeah, and even just their chemistry. like a lot of fun. It seemed like a lot of fun. They have a lot of very similar interests. Like it was just they, oh, they were they they just seemed so great for each other. Yeah. So obviously this was a crazy goodbye. Honestly, like the conversation with Chris wasn't really memorable. Again, it just kind of fed into the narrative of like, will he propose? Will he not? Is he gonna get engaged? Like we didn't know, but he basically said that he needed time, which then yeah. kind of feeds into what happened with Rachel where she was getting ready for her date. She was all excited. She was having her last day with Matt. Chris Harrison shows up at the door and basically says, Matt needs time. He's confused. Um, and there will be no date today. Mm -hmm. She doesn't know that Michelle is gone. Right. So that's what, that's what I wanted to I would have been shitless too. Like, that's what I wanted to touch on really quickly because obviously he, Chris couldn't have gone in there and said, Rachel, Matt just sent Michelle home. You're the only one left, but he still needs a little bit of time to think things over because that, you know, spoils. Like say kinda... that, no, yeah. I just, I just said he couldn't say that. Right. That's, right. You, you can't. So for her to sit there at first, I was like, oh, well, yeah. Like I thought it was like maybe a little bit of an overreaction for her to like be sitting there and crying. And then I realized like she has no idea. So basically it's the day before or a few days before her potential proposal. Oh, it's like the day before, literally, yeah, because then yeah, when they and, get to the proposal site, she's like, yeah, yesterday. yeah. She was like, what happened yesterday? So Talking for her crazy. to be sitting in the room for days, Michelle already had her date. And then to hear Matt needs time to kind of think about everything. I, I, I really don't blame her. Um, no, I don't blame her either. I would have been like freaking out. And I, I think and I, and I also think, too, like, they presented it as, like, Matt's really confused. He doesn't know what he wants to do yet. Yeah. And it was almost oh. like, uh... And not to cut you off, but in this time, so we see, so we see Chris come. Uh, Rachel's pissed off. She's crying. Blah, blah, blah. 
who else but Neil Lane to show up right at the door and say, Matt, I got rings for you. Okay, that was amazing. I actually... I gained so much respect. Yes, in all honesty, like... The Neil Lane segments, I actually was saying to Catherine before this, my roommate, I was like, honestly, like, it kind of bores me when they pick out the rings. Like, I just think that it's so boring. I also don't, like, love a lot of Neil Lane's rings. I think they're kind of basic. But, like, (laughs) Spencer, Um, I think they're kind of, like, basic looking. No hate to Neil Lane. Love you. But this segment with Neil Lane was fucking incredible. Not for nothing, we just had a terrible conversation with Chris Harrison about, like, he was rude about the mom, he was, like, Matt was trying to confide in him, Mm -hmm. and Neil Lane and Matt just had this amazing moment where he was like, you don't have to decide now, like, it's okay to be confused, it's okay, like, this ring represents a commitment and all this stuff, and the conversation was just so good, he was basically like, don't, don't force yourself to do something you're not comfortable with because this Mm -hmm. is, this is a ring and this is a huge commitment. So just know in your heart what you want to do. And then he was like, you can keep, like, why don't you just keep it for now? You know, whatever, he'll figure it out. And I thought that that conversation was just like 10 out of 10. I loved it. Yeah. It it definitely gave me some Brendan and Tasha vibes where I don't want to say Matt seemed kind of like disassociated because that's, probably the exact term that I would use for Brendan in that situation where he was just kind of like out of it and, and just didn't really know like what he was doing there. But I mean, think about if he gives that conversation to Brendan, we're, we're sitting here and and maybe Brendan and Tasha are engaged for months at this point, but I I don't, I don't know. It's not, that's not our season to talk about anymore. Um, Even though, you know, we have have a little bit of news, uh, you know, some rumors, but I die. You, what do you mean? What's that face for? You sent me some rumors, rumors regarding Tasha. Okay. okay anyway, people, people anyway. Think Matt, I think people think Tasha and Zach are breaking up, but I don't buy it. He just commented on her Instagram like two days ago. I yeah, I don't buy it. I think that people are really overreacting. But that's a side note. Anyway, right. the Elaine conversation was literally ten right. out of ten. It was amazing. Eleven out of ten. Yeah, honestly, and then. Um, and then, yeah, so then we get cut to that scene where it's in the woods, it's by the lake. Oh, fuck, there's, Rachel gets that letter. Oh, yeah, that was, uh, <laughs> I don't remember exactly what it said, but it was like, meet me by the river, we'll figure this out. It was like, meet like, me by like, the lake, like, I can't wait to it was like a middle. It was like a middle school note. It was so weird, and it was just so dramatic. It was clearly not written by Matt, like, whatever. No, not, no. And... No yeah, so then we cut to the scene by the lake. And yeah, um, trudging up the, the hill yeah. to get to the, you know, frozen log cabin scene looking thing with like a rug and like a fire. Pl- I don't know, the whole thing was just weird to me. Yeah, I actually like we've talked about this, but I love the cold like setting that they've done recently. Like I love the colder climate, um, you know. I, I, it's always hot in the Bachelor like world, and I think that yeah. it was very refreshing. Obviously, they travel and stuff, but no, I actually I really like your point. and I, um, my roommate and I were like that proposal setup is actually really nice. Like I don't know, I just personally oh, I didn't love it. Yeah, I mean it wasn't anything crazy, but again, I think it was just kind of refreshing to get something a little different. Um, yeah, you're right. But so yeah, so we get to the proposal site. And Matt isn't sure what he's going to do. There's so much angst. What's he going to do? Is he going to propose? Is he not? But Rachel is in the car, ready to go. Can I just point something out really quickly? 
Uh, yeah, something sure. that I don't know, it, it seemingly didn't really shock anyone else, but to me, it was kind of confusing. Matt said um, he, he basically was like, I don't know what I'm going to, I think he said it to Chris, actually. He said, I don't know what I'm going to do until she gets out of the car and I see her. Yeah, he did say that. I he was, was like, oh, no, when she comes to the... Like- I was floored by that. Yeah. Because what criteria does, like, so she gets out of the car and what thoughts go through your head? Like, oh, I can't, I can't do this right now because what? Or I'm going to propose to her right now because of what? He, he, I think it's just like, he was like, I'll have a feeling. Which again, so yeah, well, you kind of got to know. It's like a big thing where he's like, hmm, I don't know if I should get engaged. It's kind of been a long process. Maybe we could stretch it out. And then he kind of just bases it off the merit of like, I'll have a feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And spoiler alert, he doesn't have a feeling. <laughs> <laughs> he um, he um, was basically, so Rachel pulls up. You know, Spencer and I texted a little bit about her dress. Wasn't thrilled with the... Hated it. You know, I think that she looked... She did look stunning. She always looks stunning. But I'm not a fan of, like, halter dresses. And I just think that it's, like, for what? The open back? Like, it's not... And and for... And and I get it. Um, A a proposal is not something most of the time that uh, um, a, a woman can kind of like plan and dress up for, if that makes sense. Like a man like knows what he's going to wear because typically the man proposes to the woman and it's a surprise. I, I, I question the dress choice. I, I don't, it just, it didn't, it didn't hit. It, it, it reminded me, I don't know why, maybe it was because of the open back thing, but the, the whole Hannah B outfit when she had I'm the whole- I don't know what the fuck it is, but the proposal dresses always are lackluster. And, and yes, they're either A, lackluster, or plain bad. Hannah B, what the fuck was she wearing that day? What the well, fuck I was, was talking she wearing about, that day? I was talking she... about when Luke P came back and she moved Oh, that too. I was just going to say that. Yeah, like, yeah. Wearing, like, I don't remember what Taisha wore. I actually like Taisha's dress. But literally, if you go back and watch past seasons, like proposals... The dresses of the Bachelorette always suck. And I'm like, really? Like, this is, like, the biggest moment of the season. And it's whatever. So I found the dress, you know, a little lackluster. Obviously, Rachel is a stunning human being. So it's kind of like, okay, you're going to look good in anything you wear. But I think that overall, um, the dress was fine. It wasn't And may I add, may I add that Matt's uh, suit was dis... It was like doo-doo brown. It was, and it had it like was, a pattern on it, and it's tied in. Ma- I don't know. I, I, I did not enjoy his suit at all, like at all. Like I didn't think that. It, like I think they were just trying to go with like the fall theme, where it had like some like maroon pinstripes and like some detailing and stuff. And when in reality, it just like was not a flattering suit. It just truly wasn't. And you know, so just to continue a little bit, she pulls up to the site. Um, she, she, you know, she seemed upset about what had just happened, you know, yesterday. And that's kind of, again, an awkward kind of like start to things. <laughs> um, it's like, oh, we had a fight yesterday or like, I felt shitty about our relationship yesterday, but, um, yeah, let's just get engaged. Um, so basically Matt, um, Rachel, you know, 
gets up to the site, they talk, whatever, Rachel does her little speech, Matt does his little speech, and, you know, like I mentioned, spoiler alert, he does not propose to Rachel. He chooses not to propose. He says that he loves her and he wants to continue this relationship, but he is not ready to propose. Um, I thought because- I thought it was I thought it was like pretty cute when he was like, "I love you," and then it was just like a cute little moment. But oh, it's there. It was very like, like the engagements are like that scene to me. Like I don't care literally who it is. Like I there's I told my roommate like literally like engagement videos always make me cry you know people coming home from the military always makes me cry like shit like that just gets me and i don't care yeah, like it always gets me it always, it always gets, gets me. me and like and i i always cry and so it, yeah of course it was a cute moment when they said they loved each other especially since there's so much like hype around it but one of the main reasons he said he didn't want to propose was because like he didn't want to put rachel through you know any type of like doubts or that he wanted to just be like 100 percent sure and he did it like supposedly you know for rachel to not put her through anything any any type of pain if things were to go south um obviously we'll get to that later but um, do you think she was mad because my understanding of it was that i i thought that she looked a little upset because a lot of the the talk that she had been uh you know the last few episodes it was all about like i want him to leave my hometown with my dad giving him the blessing i want uh like the the ring blah 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 clearly, and i just he clearly wanted an engagement that was right. very clear and right. i think i do think that there was a little maybe a little bit of disappointment but i think overall she was probably just happy you know that it was just her and matt and again it's like that's so cute that little scene where they like are hold, hugging each other and holding each other and they're like i love you i love you i love you like you know it always just gets me and I think it's always cute and or like even the scene as much as I hated Jed like it was like when she was like we're engaged we're engaged it's always so cute and like that little scene at the end I know I know I know but like oh there's just something about that scene that's very cute and um and so yeah so you know the episode ended where um Matt did not propose to Rachel but they continued their relationship um happily um, ever after right yeah or not Uh, but then we um had the after the final rose and um you know oh actually just quickly i wanted to say this i i said it a little bit before but i actually find this kind of no engagement very refreshing because I think that it was a very refreshing and realistic point of view on the situation because if you think of the premise of the show it definitely is crazy like it is crazy and a lot exactly a lot of times it what happens is that people from the bachelor just have a long engagement which there's absolutely nothing wrong with but I think that you know I think that you know ever since Colton was the bachelor everything has changed the trajectory of the show like this would never have happened a few seasons ago like it ended in an engagement period end of story and so i think colton was definitely revolutionary in that sense where it was like let's just date and then you know for the past few seasons we've seen these like crazy endings that you know hasn't always been the trajectory of the show Mm -hmm. and um i found it very you know refreshing and just to be like let's just date like can we just like make a strong commitment to each other and like date like normal people you know and again i don't blame him for feeling the way he did and i think that it was you know again just very refreshing but um i just wanted to quickly say that before we move on to the after the final rose is there anything no i i agree with you and 
and let's hold on to that thought um, when we talk about the end of the episode or the end of the after the final rose because that's something that um, I, I want to touch on really quickly. Yeah, um, sure. uh, so yeah, let's let's get into the after the final rose. So um, we start, and that's not Chris Harrison. Well, we knew that he wasn't hosting. Thank goodness. I know. I know. Um, but it was just like, wow. Definitely like, different. And there was, I mean, there was no yeah. studio audience. It was definitely different, you know, mm-hmm. but I am not even trying to be, you know, whatever right now. This was probably one of my favorite after the final roses ever. Yes. I like, I just found it extremely impactful, extremely moving. And I think that these conversations would not have transpired if Chris Harrison was hosting this event Um, obviously with everything that has aired but the thing is though even with everything that had aired even with everything that had happened i strongly believe that it's just a trend where like if chris is hosting or whatever and they're just trying like clearly abc was like we can't avoid talking about this we we literally just can't avoid it and so yeah as emmanuel said we're gonna have very uncomfortable conversations tonight and there was no live studio audience. It was just Emmanuel and, um, you know, some of the cast members, including, you know, Matt. Um, so we start off with Emmanuel, you know, um, starting off the show. The first hot seat of the night was Michelle. Um, like Spencer said, first appearance since her leaving. Um, we didn't very get to see very much of her or hear from her, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and... In my opinion, everything that was said was very mature and she's obviously a very, you know, well-spoken woman. And I think that at this point it was clear that she was like over it, but needed some closure because she, which was another like kind of big moment in the After the Final Rose is that she shared with audiences that she wanted to speak with Matt. She asked for producers just to speak to Matt, just for some like, understanding not to sway him not to change his decision just wanted to talk to him for some closure and he supposedly refused to speak yep. to her yep uh i i to me that's that's inexplainable um no no matter the relationship if it was 10 minutes or if it was 10 years i think people deserve closure um so i think especially to um Matt is is attempting so hard to not become what his, the the man that his father is, and I think that um, you know you have the opportunity uh, to talk with a woman that you've been dating for you know a few months, even though she came late, and you you had some really special uh, memories together. And there's no producers. You don't have to be you know fake for the cam- not saying Matt's fake for the camera, but you don't have to say things that will come off good on TV or, or things that, you know, you might want to hear. That was an opportunity to have a genuine human being conversation, you know, not mic'd up, not on camera. And I just, I, I'm not, I, I don't really, I, I, I respect the hell out of Matt for the things that he's gone through in his life, but I'm not sure how, how much I can respect that he didn't do that. Um, I, like I said, just out of beginning of my mini rant right right even if even if you know there's not really much to like if if there's not a conversation in your head and and you know he kind of felt but hear her out you know right right um because it 
frankly wasn't a situation like Colton where he was like, everyone except for Cassie, get out because I know exactly what I want. He, Matt struggled up until the second Rachel got out of the car. Yeah. And, and we saw Matt have struggles with, I mean, I don't know if he really struggled with getting rid of Bree, but, you know, we, he struggled when Serena P left. Yeah, and it was clear. He and he sat down. He sat down with all of them. Yeah, and that that also makes me have a, another layer of of respect for the goodbyes that Tasha had, where she kind of pulled Ivan aside when he left and said, "You know, this has nothing to do with the type of person that you are." I loved all the memories that we had, stuff like that. Um, it just. It just, uh, it just doesn't really sit right with me, which that was basically a, like a three-minute Can I um, just way say of just saying that. Can I just yeah. say something? You know, audiences, you guys know that Spencer and I are dating, and we've been dating for a very long time now. Like, just hearing my boyfriend so passionately talk about The Bachelor, I mean, I know we have this, like, show that we do, but just as I'm sitting here listening to him talk about it, like... I just, I'm just happy. Like, I'm lucky. Like, I just love you. And that made me feel good that, like, my boyfriend is passionate about The Bachelor and we have good conversations about this and we have something that we can share together. And, like, that's just a side note. And, you know, I just wanted to say that. So I wholeheartedly agree with everything. I don't really know what to say. Thank you. I wholeheartedly agree with everything you just said. I think that Matt should have, you know, at least out of respect for Michelle, you know, given her that space, even if a conversation wasn't like in his head, give her the space to share with you. It was frustrating that, you know, that he didn't even let her, you know, speak on how she was feeling. But at the after the front rows, that was that conversation did transpire and he apologized for that. He said, I'm sorry for doing that. And I, I felt that it was genuine. And I think that, you know, he even said something about how people are like, oh, she came late. And he was like, no, she came just on time. Like mm-hmm. he, I Michelle. Mean, I think now, clearly, I think you can finish. Um, you know, Michelle was clearly like this breath of fresh air as soon as, you know, he was. They, they clearly had such a strong connection. And I think that that was probably another reason why it was hard for Michelle not to get closure. You know, it's confusing. And she kind of had to make sense of it on her own because of that. But again, I do think that overall, Matt and Michelle had a very mature conversation. I think that um, overall it was, you know, it wasn't super memorable, but it was nice to know that they got closure. They kind of, you know, were able to kind of joke with each other. Michelle even said, you know, I'm wishing you well. I hope you can figure out something else to say than like, thanks for sharing, you know, kind of kissing with his eyes open and stuff. And so I think it's good that they're able to kind of like share a laugh and be mature with each other. They seem to be in a good spot. And um, I was happy to see that for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so I, I don't, I don't really have anything else. Um, and that, was not the most important part of the oh, of also, the show. Also, just wanted to quickly say too, in Michelle's hot seat, um, Emmanuel did bring up the way that Rachel Kirkconnell's racially insensitive posts affected yes. her as a cast member because we saw that the um, you know the cast of women 
you know, made a statement together, they whatever, but, you know, Rachel was friends with these, is friends with these women, you know, and um, I'm sure that that was very difficult for Michelle to see, you know, as a friend, as a cast member, you know, not for nothing, being the, being the, the runner up of this season, I'm sure that was very difficult for her to see as a black woman living in America, and to see those, you know, as someone you may have considered your friend, to see those transpire was probably very difficult, and she expressed that, and, um, and yeah, I think that, and and it was it was moving to see that um, you know that that you know to to see her publicly say you know those things really affected me, and this is actually something that I found out post episode, but Emmanuel I think on his Instagram talked a little bit about how one of his favorite parts of the after the final rose was that um, Michelle and Rachel actually had a conversation the two of them, but it was not aired um, because obviously there were other things that maybe took precedence over that. Um, what we saw was, again, extremely moving and impactful. Um, but I think that, you know, I think that that was probably a huge moment and I would have loved to see that conversation between two women being open, being honest, and Michelle ex expressing her, her pain with that situation. And I'm sure Rachel, you know, owned up to it. I'm sure she we clearly saw how, you know, she acted when allegations and, and, you know, Manuel interviewed her about everything that has, that has transpired since. But, you know, I think that that would have been a moving conversation to see as well. And I appreciate that it happened, even regardless of if we, if we saw it or not. Um, right. But yeah, I, so that was, that's that, that was, um, I believe everything that happened before Matt had his own hot seat. Yeah, I think that's a really important um, thing that you just touched on that it, it's important that it happened um, even though we may not ever see it um, because it, it doesn't matter who sees it if you're doing you know work to, to better yourself you almost shouldn't want anyone to see it because it, it I don't want to say like if ABC put that on TV it kind of looks like she's like it's like a cover-up almost, but I, I, I can appreciate that they left it out, if that makes sense, because it means that it was a genuine thing, that it wasn't for the cameras, it wasn't for, you know, I don't, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but I can appreciate that they didn't air it, though I would like to see it. Um, I think that they could have posted it on the Twitter, they could have posted it on Instagram or something, just, as, um, just, just to see, um, because, you know, a whole it it really is a conversation where if you're not acting on your past mistakes you know this is a this is a topic where your actions speak billions times more than your words do um and and uh i guess uh shifting gears a little bit uh emmanuel asks rachel you know what are you doing to get better and she said, I, I can tell you about the, the, the documentaries I've watched, the, the books I've read, the articles I read, the movies that I watched, you know, the people that I've talked to. Um, but, you know, it doesn't really make a difference if you don't, if it's not a continual thing. Um, I don't, I don't really know how, I know, I know we kind of skipped over um, Matt coming out and, and we'll go back to that. I want to hear your take on on Rachel's apology and the things that she said, um, because I'm kind of struggling with, 
I think she was being sincere and I think that she, she is doing the work behind the scenes. Um, but I just think it's a little bit hard because trust is a thing that, um, can, can, is built up over a long period of time, but can be diminished in, you know, a split second. So I kind of want to just hear quickly what, what you thought about, um, Rachel's appearance, her, uh, her conversations with, um, Emmanuel and Matt, uh, and, and just kind of the general, um, just Rachel. Yeah. Um, you know, firstly, I would just like to say, you know, any apology that Rachel is making is not one that I am to accept, nor Spencer to accept. Spencer and I are both white, and that apology was not for us. We were not, you know, victimized in any situation. So again, that's not our apology to accept. But so I don't know, I can't really speak to how it might make somebody feel. But as an outside perspective, you know, it I think that I proceed with caution, you know, and I think that it's very easy for things to be performative. It's very easy to put out a statement. It's very easy to say you're doing things. It's very easy to do those things or, you know, say all these things. And as you mentioned, you know, words versus actions, um, there's a big difference. And I think that what, you know, even with the way that Emmanuel spoke to her, I, you know, I'm a big proponent for not, you know, I, I, I believe in accountability culture, not in cancel culture. Um, I, and clearly Emmanuel feels the same way. Um, I don't believe that cancel culture really allows any growth. Um, and I think that at this point, you know, it's clear that Rachel is, you know, is taking those steps. And again, it's not my apology to accept, um, you know, she didn't do anything wrong to me. Um, she offended a huge, um, you know, group of people, um, people of color. Um, and I think that from an outside perspective, my view on Rachel is that, you know, I, I believe in, I don't know her, you know, I, I believe in what Emmanuel who has met her, what Matt has said about her, um, and what and what and Michelle even shared, you know, they said, you know, I feel like Rachel has a good heart, um, but that was a huge mistake, and she needs to take the time to understand why that was a mistake, understand, you know, why those things are problematic, and um, so I I am, you know, in agreement with a lot of what. Um, you know, Matt and Michelle and Emmanuel have spoken on in that. I don't think that Rachel, you know, and I appreciated too um, Emmanuel's kind of analysis of the situation where it was racially ignorant and racially insensitive. That doesn't directly correlate with being racist or it being an act of racism because in what he had explained, and that's another thing, like, watching this final rose it was it was revolutionary it was you know it was huge and i think that as you know as a white person watching this it was extremely impactful for me to understand just you know there's a difference between racially insensitive racially ignorant racial and racism and racist being being a racist and I, you know, even just having that learning experience as a viewer was huge because that doesn't fucking happen anyways. You know, it's this 
this is a, a, the, a large percentage of the audience of The Bachelor is white and middle America, you know, even conservative, you know, and so I think that watching this was huge and kind of going back to what I said, you know, Emmanuel kind of spoke on the difference between those things and, you know, being racially insensitive, racially ignorant being versus being racist um, kind of speaks to the motive. And I think that Rachel and what they kind of spoke about, Rachel didn't have like racist motive and she didn't have like m malicious intent with I don't think her intention was to be discriminatory. I don't think her intention was to do things. But regardless, they happened and they were ra very racially insensitive and very racially, racially ignorant. And so I think that it's clear that Rachel is taking those steps. But as I mentioned, I proceed with caution with this situation because, um, you know, actions are everything. And she can post, you know, all the links that she wants. Um, but, you know, it's... Um, it's it's a tricky situation, but again, I kind of I kind of um, agree, and I'm, I'm I'm taking the word of people who know her and their experience um, with how I'm feeling with Rachel, and I hope that she's doing everything she can, and I hope that this will continue and not just be some like month long thing before she gets like an ad sponsorship with somebody and you know whatever. But um, it's clear that she has remorse. Right. Here that she is extremely embarrassed, is extremely regretful of what she did and how and how it's affected her relationship with Matt. Um, I think, I mean, I don't wanna to, to cut you off, but I think that, I mean, I would have liked to have seen Chris. Yeah. Because, you know, you can say you're working on things so much yeah, maybe how do we know? How do we know? That's what I'm. That's what I think. I think he should have been there. Um, I think they could have had a very good conversation have, with. I don't know if it would have felt like a safe environment if Chris was there. Yeah, a lot yeah, of. You're, you're, I, I agree. I agree. I think I would love to see a conversation between Emmanuel and Chris. Eventually, sure. maybe. Eventually, yeah, sure. Um, and I and I I do I, to an extent I do agree. I, logistically, I don't know if it would have been the best idea for him to even be there. Um, but, you know, I, I would definitely love to see, you know, a conversation transpire between them. That would definitely be interesting. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, just to kind of kind of keep going with the flow of the episode. Sure. Um, at this point, Matt is in the hot seat. Um, we haven't even, you know, I know we just talked about Rachel for a while, but. Yeah, she hasn't, she hadn't come out yet and I, and I skipped that. No, that's, that's fine. I'm glad we talked about it. Um, so when Matt came out, like I said, Emmanuel didn't hold back. But it's good. Like it's it's good that we're having these uncomfortable conversations, and it's it's meaningful. And I think that when Matt, you know, opened up something that really, he spoke a little bit about it on after the final rose, but also on GMA the next morning, which I watched. Um, he kind of, you know, he he. What I think was very difficult for him. And something that opened my eyes a lot because I think a lot of us, I think a lot of us had a feeling that Rachel was going to be the final rose. I think a lot of us had that mm -hmm. feeling, but right. I was very nervous that like Matt would just be like, yeah, like we're working it out. Like I know I, 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 I feel the exact same. I, I, I so, really thought that he was going to say, 
Um, I mean, not to, not to spoil anything, but you know, our, our motto is usually if you're listening to this, you've probably watched already. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, Matt and Rachel aren't together. And I was terrified that he was going to say, you know, because, but because this is what he said. Um, when the rumors first came out, if it's someone you love, you always want to expect that that's exactly what they are. They're just rumors. There's no truth to them. Um, and then he said, but once he was shown that the rumors were true, he kind of took a step back and, you know, I don't exactly remember um, what happened. I think they had a phone call, they said, um, where Matt. Well, he said that, um, I think that they were still together up until the point of where Rachel made a statement, which I believe was on February 11th. I went back. Yeah, and yeah you're, so, you're which exactly is, which right. Which is also crazy because that was last month. Like they, this, right. this breakup is fresh. Right. Like it's fresh. Well, I. So why don't we finish talking about that real quick and then I'll give my opinion. Um, so the, the statements made, they break up. Um, and the, the, after the final rose was supposedly the first time that they saw each other or talked since then. Um, I'm a little bit lost on what I was saying. I don't exactly remember. Well, um, what, well what he was saying too, in regard to maybe this jog your memory, but like, Another thing that he said, which was, you know, when he found out about the rumors, whatever, another thing that he said was very difficult for him to even continue the relationship, and he said it on GMA as well, he said, like, it was just very, very difficult for me to have to explain to her and to all yes, of America yes. why this is wrong. And I th and he, he said it in a statement, and he said it in, after the final rose, um, that, like, as a black person, you don't have the opportunity to be ignorant of these things, of these mm -hmm. realities, because you're living it. And, and, you know, like he, and he even said too, which was impactful to me as well. Like he grew up in North Carolina. He grew up in places where he was not, you know, welcome. He was the only person in the room who looked like him, you mm -hmm. know, again, like and things he, and weren't he said allowed that to brought do. him, he said that brought him you know, back to a place that he didn't ever think he would be in. Well, exactly. And I think that that was a very, you know, we'll talk about it a little bit later because there was one moment in the After the Final Rose where I was literally watching like speechless. And mm -hmm. quite frankly, so was Matt. He was speechless. Yeah. Um, but it's very clear that this really, really struck a strong trigger, a strong nerve with with you know with Matt and his experience as a black man growing up in America growing up in North Carolina growing up in like the south you know and it's it's I think that he this was really really huge for him and I think that it's you know I have it written here but like it it's been made clear that like there are so I can't even imagine the different layers to this he is dealing with this huge breakup he is dealing with months of his life of prepping mm -hmm. to be the bachelor, of being the bachelor, of doing all these things and and like emotional, you know, stress and emotional, all this, all this stuff that he just went through to, to you know, because a lot of times it's like you get through those things and it's like, oh, my God, like, it'll be OK, you know, whatever, um, because I'm going to be with my person at the end of this. 
but he had just gone through a very tumultuous few weeks, few months, emotional. Then he has a breakup, and then he's dealing with, again, he's supposedly in this, like, very dark place. And so Mm -hmm. it's, and he, they also spoke about the weight of being the first Black Bachelor ever in this franchise. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's clear that Matt is really, really genuinely struggling. It felt very, very raw that, that, um, after the final rose segment with Matt and with Matt and Rachel as well. Yeah. Well, you, well, you touched on it and you know, it's not often that we see uh, a conversation where the majority of it is silence and it's double not often that we see that conversation. We go to a commercial break to kind of, you know, break up the flow of things and we're, and we're still in the exact same spot. There was very little conversation. I don't mean. All right. I don't mean to say that there was little conversation because they they did talk. Um, there was a lot of processing that you you could you could see, frankly, in in Matt's mind. Um, there was a lot of sitting and just kind of looking, and there's just a lot of dead air. Um, and and honestly, I think that's stronger than anything that could have been said in that moment. It was um, extremely moving. It was extremely, yeah. and it was very, it was just so clear. And, and it's, I'm like getting emotional thinking about it because like I have such empathy for him now and it's like, or sympathy rather, but it's, it's, I can't even imagine what he was probably going through. And I don't because I'm white. <laughs> like, I don't know what right. that's like. And I don't know what that's like to be put into that dark place in regard to like racial discrimination, I don't know what that's like. And I just, I think layer upon layer of what he has probably been going through the past year, you know, it's in, not for nothing, but being in the middle of a fucking pandemic, like, you know, it's, it's, it was that silence where I don't even know what the question was that Emmanuel had brought up, but there was, you know, at this point it's, it's Rachel and, and, and Matt on the couch and he had said something to Rachel and then he had said something to Matt. I don't remember exactly what the question is. And it was just silence. Yeah. And Matt was, yeah. couldn't even muster up the words to describe the way he was feeling. And I think that that really spoke volumes. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I think that, that the silence, that that was very loud silence, um, if you understand what I mean by that. And I think it was more effective than them having a, a conversation, frankly. Um what I want to ask you is, do you think that he left the door open a little bit, though? Because when when he talked about their split, he said that they split after the statement because he kind of wants to, you know, take a see, step back. Take a step he back, said he but said also I see. To take a step back for her to do that work. I could right, right, for her to do that work. But I don't know. I, I don't. I don't think that the door is all the way closed on on them which kind of sucks to say I but do. something I think yeah I think um Emmanuel did ask that question towards the end of the interview and I don't and and and, and there's another thing that was like heartbreaking like you know Rachel was like I found the love of my life like I really do believe that Matt is the love of my life and we were meant to know each other you know they you know they obviously shared a special bond with like god and stuff um but it was it was um 
it was definitely hard to see her again like there there's there's a lot of remorse there and she regrets a lot and i think that she it's 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 probably very difficult um emotionally but you know um matt actually said it on gma because um he was asked that question again and he you know i think quite frankly just said like i can't even think about that like i can't even think about dating rachel or dating anybody um at this time you know um i i don't i i really don't think the door is open at all actually at the current moment um for that to happen just regarding the way things kind of ended and also too like what matt must be going through in terms of um you know trauma racial like racially charged trauma and i think that he um i i don't think that the door is open at this point at all um and i think that that was also apparent as well in the fact that a couldn't even like he could not even get the words out to describe who he was feeling and b towards the end of the interview manuel did say maybe you guys can share a final embrace and there was no embrace like there was no it was like, like a staring contest, and honestly. i don't think that that means that he hates rachel or she no, thinks, I, I don't think he thinks so he's, she's a bad person i just think that it's i just think that it's um like he can't even fathom the thought of that right now i, I don't know how he's feeling but that that at least was my interpretation of it um sure. but yeah that that's how i feel i think yeah um and you know there's not there there unfortunately will never be an end to this type of conversation um which is the most important thing to to pull out from from this stuff um everyone has work to do um you know i don't have anything else about the after the final rose except for our last point um but if you if you want to wrap you know what we were just talked about for the you know, better part of the episode up than, than go for it. But I don't, I don't have anything else. I think we've, we've kind of said, um, said, said what we, uh, you know, planned on saying, um, but, yeah. but like I said, it's not something that will ever end. Um, and then something to always be conscious of. Yeah, for sure. I think, um, I think for me, as I mentioned, kind of, as we just preface the final, the after the final rose, this was one of my favorites. I was extremely moved by it. Um, I feel as though that this conversation could not have happened otherwise with Chris hosting if it, they just if the ABC decided to glaze over this. Um, I think that it was extremely impactful. I think that it was extremely moving. I thought Emmanuel did a wonderful job. I appreciated everything that Rachel said, I appreciated everything that Michelle said and what that Matt said. I appreciated their vulnerability. Um, it was definitely one of the most, you know, just moving after the final roses ever um, because so much of it was not focused on the drama, the romance, the this, the that. It was focused on these very difficult conversations that we need to be having as people, um, as ABC, as a franchise, you know, and just as everything that's been going on in the past year um and and not for nothing but always um these uh, you know this is this is not new right. this is not something that happened you know that's something that has transpired in the past year the, these racially charged um indiscriminatory actions have been happening forever and um i think that we need to all realize you know the ways in which we contribute and the ways in which we can do better and um you know educate ourselves um i'm hopeful 
for Rachel that things will change. Again, I, 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 I lead with caution with that. Um, something I did want to also mention in regard to the After the Final Rose is I was watching an interview afterwards as well. Supposedly Brie was at the Final Rose, but her segment was cut. Um, yes, so she supposedly was there and had a whole segment with Emmanuel. Um, wow. I'm not, I don't think with Matt, but she was there. They and could have made a whole nother episode. I know. And usually the after, like, usually the finale is four hours and we got three hours. Right. Um, I'm not really sure why we didn't get a four hour finale, but, um, you know, I think that, um, I think I, I would, I've lo- I would have loved to see Brie, but, um, but, you know, I think all in all, this was a very powerful after the final rose. And I'm really hoping that ABC continues on this trend in their future. Mm-hmm. Um, with bettering themselves, with having the hard conversations, with making the hard decisions. Um, and, you know, with that being said, you know, show must go on. Uh, this this franchise has a lot coming up. Um, you know, firstly, I would just like to say the, the announcement of Chris Harrison not hosting the next season of The Bachelorette was made, I think, a few days ago, a few weeks ago. Um, and Taisha Adams and Caitlin Bristow will be hosting the next season of The Bachelorette, which I'm so excited about because in all honesty, like, I think women should be hosting. I mean, I think I think more women should be hosting, more women of color should be hosting, more people of color should be hosting the show. I mean, I think that, um, and not for, and you know, this is, The Bachelorette is, you know, oh, about a woman's love story and, and her experience with that, who better than to coach them through it then, I was just, I was just, and a woman, that. you know, why, why, why is an old white crusty man the one that's helping them? You know, it's like, um, I think that that's going to be awesome. And I'm really excited for that. So, um, with that being said, you know, I'm sure, you know, the news, but you know, the last segment of the after the final rose was certainly a surprise for some, some people knew about it. Some people being me, um because some I saw people spoiler. didn't know about it because they don't look at spoilers some people being myself my it was on my explore page it literally was on my explore page i did so not you've known about this it. for weeks i've known about it i think for a week now but it was also just like very exciting to see a i just week? want to talk about it too because you were the one who was like i literally got chills like whatever. wait 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 what do you mean you've known about it for a week i texted you that i knew that huge spoiler. i know but i remember there was i mean weeks and weeks and weeks ago we were in the middle of the season and you texted and said that you saw I mean, a spoiler of who the bachelorette was going to be yes but the new spoiler with what we'll talk about in a second came out last week so what was the one you saw weeks ago about who the bachelorette was ah and then so the change me... of plans was was uh-huh. uh, last week. well so why don't we stop I'm let you why say don't we, why don't we uh get to the get to the uh cut to the chase here then and uh we got michelle and katie on the couch and i was like oh this is gonna be kind of awkward are they gonna like pick like who's a bachelorette like in front of each other and then they turn to the camera and they're like we're the bachelorettes i was like what the fuck and it was just it was just epic it simply was epic yeah it was was epic it was amazing um it was I also got chills. I obviously knew it was coming, but it was just so awesome. Obviously, to see. Knew. obviously, she knew it was coming. 
Yeah, but I thought it was just, and it's so exciting. So Katie is going to be starting filming in like, I think next, uh, the next few weeks, the next few days even in New Mexico. Katie's going to be our first bachelorette. And then second um, bachelorette of the year is going to be, um, is going to be Michelle. And that's going to be so exciting to see. We're having another woman of color in the lead. And I'm excited to hopefully see some more diverse casts. um, in With Paradise in the middle too. So that'll be pretty telling. Um, yeah. of, of how the franchise is going forward with things uh my oh i heard i think i don't know if it's a rumor or like or it's true but like i'm pretty sure wells is going to be hosting paradise okay well i like him chris doesn't really do much on paradise anyway that's true he just says what's up go run down on the sand yeah and i think i think wells would be great so i'm, I'm everyone excited. loves wells too um yeah so my the, the last are getting paradise in between. We're actually just we're not losing anything. We're actually just gaining another season where usually we would have that time off in the fall between Paradise and The Bachelor. Usually we get that time off and they're squeezing in another season of The Bachelorette. So I'm sorry, give me as much on. content as possible. Literally. The last point I want to make uh, is uh, I was talking to one of my friends last night that also watches, um, and he was saying that he doesn't know how good of a bachelorette Michelle's going to be. And I thought that was really interesting because his main point was that she's so, you know, mature and she isn't going to take any bullshit, but I kind of, I don't know. I think that, I mean, obviously I'm going to be very wrong, but I think that Katie and Michelle's seasons, you know, might end up being pretty similar. I think they're both the kind of no bullshit type of, of lead um, they're both very, very mature. No, yeah, I 100% agree. And I think Taisha was like that for sure. Yeah, um, I appreciate that a lot. And honestly, I feel like that's why I enjoy The Bachelorette more because I feel like women are just stronger leads. Yeah. Like they're more decisive, more, I just, not not to be whatever. Also, I well, also, I think, I, I do think Taisha's season is one of the best because of the quality of men that they chose and and the ages, quite frankly. Um. I don't know exactly how old Katie is. I know Michelle is, uh, I think she's in her late 20s. I want to say 28 or 29 or something. Um, and <laughs> it's kind of a point. 30. Katie oh, wow. So this is kind of a point just out of left field, but like when are we getting our, our senior bachelor that they keep saying, do you know someone that wants to be on the senior bachelor? When is that coming? Also, Michelle is 27. We had a damn music show before we had our senior bachelor. Yeah, I don't know. I feel conflicted I guess listen, about that. I guess listen to your heart's not uh, not getting renewed for season two. I don't, I don't need it to be renewed. I just, I simply don't need it to be renewed. I didn't even watch that. I never watched it. Yeah, it was crazy. Um, but I think, <laughs> I think, you know, all in all, it's a very exciting, you know, future. But as, as all episodes come to a close on Bad Shit Crazy... We have one more thing to do, one more thing of the season to do. Oh, I was um, unaware of this. Our final roses of the season, of our season, of the Bachelor season. Um, I just think that, you know, it's been so awesome starting this podcast with Spencer. It's been so much fun. I really appreciate all my friends who have reached out and even other people you know, just congratulating us on this and saying that they like listening to it. So if you've gotten this far, thank you so much for listening to our first season. Um, This has been so much fun. We cannot wait to start recapping Katie and Michelle. 
Maybe we'll have a change of cover art. Who knows? We're very excited for the future of our season and the seasons of The Bachelor. But like we said, we have we have some business to attend to. And so here are our final roses of the season. I will go first. Um, I would like to give my final rose out to Matt, James, because I think that he's faced a lot of scrutiny this entire season. Um, and I think that people I think people really saw his like raw and genuine side this after the final rose and everything he's gone through the past few episodes and clearly how tumultuous these past few months have been for him. And I think that he is, you know, a really strong individual. I thought he did a great job on the show. I thought that he was a really fun bachelor to watch and I commend him for everything he's going through and everything he's done pioneering as the first Black Bachelor of the franchise history. And so I applaud him and my final rose of this season, no proposal included in the spirit of Matt James, is going to Matt James the Bachelor. Uh, okay, so I was completely unaware that we were doing this. I have no one in mind. But my rose is going to go to us, the Bad Shit Crazy Podcast, because I think we did a great job uh, our first season. I really like the way things turned out. I like the, uh, you know, the style of our episodes. Um, and I, I also would like to give a second rose. I got this one out of my pocket to uh, anyone that's listening, because I think we have uh, like you said, Kenley, uh, a lot of my friends have said that they've listened. Even even my friends that, that don't watch the show, some of them tune in every once in a while. Um, so it just means a lot. We know that we don't really have the, the biggest, you know, fan base, especially in, in a, um, a genre that has very big followings. Um, but we're going to get there. Uh, and I'm very proud of the progress that we made. We're definitely... Uh, seasoned vets at this point and uh, we're gonna have a lot more stuff coming out um, between now and and the next season um, which will be Katie season and we'll have stuff during Katie season that we didn't have this season um, so I'm really excited for the future this was kind of like our rough draft uh, <laughs> season um, but we're gonna we're gonna get to I don't it think it was our rough draft season we did a good job yeah, but not, no, I think we did a great job. I just think that there's things that we'll, we'll work on and there's things that, you know, we'll implement and, and make, you know, maybe more engaging and, and stuff like that. So um, for the for the last time, for a little bit, I think, unless we have some, some groundbreaking news or we come up with some more content ideas, that's all we've got. Bad Shit Crazy Podcast on Instagram. You know, we're still we're still chugging away over there. Um, Kenley, if you have anything else, uh, take us out. Yeah, I just wanted to say thank you to everybody who's listened. This has been such a fun season to talk about. Um, we've had such a fun time. You know, Katie's season is supposedly set to air on May 17th. So hopefully we'll see you back around then. And we are excited for the future of our show and The Bachelor. 
Bachelorette, Bachelor in Paradise. Thank you to everyone who is listening. And for the last time for a little while, this is Kenley and Spencer, Batshit Crazy. We'll see you soon.